The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to Hoop Ball NBA DFS today. It's the cross border Canadian US show here on Sunday that we always do. I am Andrew Hansen, happy to be joined by Miles Hartley, north of the border. Miles, how are we doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Excited to get to the slate. It's uh, one of the biggest we've had in a while, actually. I think the last two in a row have been like what? We had two and then one or something like that? Yeah, the Sunday slates usually aren't this big. But this is the the Sunday in between the Super Bowl and the conference championships in the NFL. So the NBA scheduled it a little heavier. And we also usually have a showdown slate. But today we'll have a two-game early slate and then a six-game main slate. But we should mention the the news of the day here on Saturday. LeBron moved into third place all-time on the NBA scoring list, which got me thinking. I'm curious – uh, if you were going to start a franchise, would you rather have number three on the all-time scoring list, Mr. James, or would you rather have the guy he just passed, number four, Kobe Bryant? Oh, that is a tough one. A curveball for you. You didn't know that yeah, question was coming. No, no, it didn't. You know, if we're taking, are we taking like LeBron at this point in time in his uh, career? Yeah, we're just sort of you saying, you know prime career who would you rather have uh, you know I think I like LeBron just because of how much of a facilitator he is um, I like his playmaking probably a bit more I mean obviously Kobe Bryant was a good you know playmaker but he was no more no known more for his scoring and I think uh, LeBron's good at just bringing a team together and you know encouraging all the players around him whereas you know uh Kobe Bryant sometimes had a little bit of a uh, issue with getting along with everybody. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, I like so, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm with that's you. Where I go with that. Yeah, it's LeBron for me. Um, I mean, he's going to end up as the all-time leading scorer. He's going to be top five in assists, which just goes to show you how well he has included his teammates and made them better. And I don't even care who ends up with more championships. I think LeBron will have the better better career. All those finals. He, appearances he made consecutively in on the east um sort of been unmatched in in the current generation of players so so he's my pick for sure and you know we're going to be doing something similar here on this show we're going to be picking our lineups for uh for the future but it's only for one day of course in this dfs world here um before we get started with our selections we have an exciting contest that we need to tell you about and it's in conjunction with mybookie.ag. So here's what you can do between now and Tuesday is if you go over and make your first deposit on mybookie.ag, do so with our promo code T-O-D-A-Y just today. That's it. And after you make your deposit, the beautiful thing is, first of all, mybookie is going to match your deposit up to 50%, up to 1,000. So if you were to happen to put in 2,000, they'll match you up to 1,000. Um, but the other nice thing that's happening here is Hoopball is going to do a drawing. And for people who make their first deposit between now and Tuesday, 
there are going to be $200 in prizes given out, and your entire deposit could potentially be matched if you're chosen. So what you do is after you make that deposit, take a screenshot of your account and then email that screenshot to us at teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Or you can send the screenshot to us on Twitter at hoopballgaming. So there it is. Um, it's free money everywhere and a chance at more free money. So highly recommend that. And also highly recommend if you haven't tried Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, you do that. They are one of our big sponsors as well. I just got four bags in the mail this week. So four new golden clips. Uh, so it's it's an exciting time here at the Hansen household. Um, all right. So that's what we've got for background information. And now we can get into the first slate, Miles. And it is a two-game slate starting at 3.30 Eastern. The first game is Houston traveling to Denver. Big news here is that James Harden is questionable. We're recording this on Saturday night. So that's the latest news we have on the Houston side. So uh, with that sort of up in the air, Miles, how are you going to break down the Houston side? So, yeah, if James Harden is ruled out, I think uh, Westbrook is going to be pretty much the chalk play here. He's uh, listed at 10,300, and, I mean, he's just been an absolute monster over the past five games. He's averaging 68 fantasy points. Um, he's looking like that old Westbrook that we know and love, um, the complete opposite of what we were seeing at the start of the year. So, I mean, if no Harden, there's no reason why he can't go out there and continue doing what he was doing. Um, he's just been smashing value, and at 10300 that's a fair price tag for him. Um, I mean, he's been getting that six, seven X mark for us the last six games, so or five games. So, you know, why not? Um, the other guy I like on this side is Clint Capella. Um, he's done well in this matchup before. And as we mentioned on the show, he'll need to be out on the floor if Nikola Johic is out on the floor. And Nikola Johic has to be on the floor a lot right now because they're down so many other bigs. They're down Paul Millsap and Mason Plumley, So he's out there, you know, majority of the game. Um, the other guy I like on this side of the ball is... If James Harden is ruled out, um, I mean, he is priced up at 5,300, Eric Gordon. If James Harden, you know, isn't there, he's going to be one of the primary scorers, I believe. Um, you know, he can be hot and cold. So it is a bit of a worry because he's been priced up so much, but he will garner some interest if Harden isn't there. And then another guy on this side is P.J. Tucker. 3,900, um, the last two games, he's performed a bit better than he was, you know, garnering at least 20 fantasy points in those. But, I mean, by no means is he a must-play for me. He's just one of those uh, fringe value plays in this two-game uh, slate we have here. Um, besides that, that's all I've got on this side. What about you? you have any other plays on this side of the ball? Yeah, I'm very similar. The only guy I would add is Austin Rivers, another value play at 3.1, and it'll make it a lot easier to get Westbrook in the lineup along with Jokic, for example, on the other side of the ball. Um, but in terms of the guys you mentioned, I also agree that Westbrook is the cornerstone of, of my lineups. And even if Harden plays, I'm going to go with Westbrook over Harden. He, the last two games, I believe he's outshot Harden by an average of two to one. So he's, you know, really picking up the aggressiveness here, and he's a little bit cheaper. Harden's just been struggled, been struggling. 
potentially just hampered by injury here. So either way, I'm going Westbrook. Uh, I, I mean, I like Capella. Um, he's not going to be in my primary build. Uh, I'm more interested in Tucker to get the savings at 3.9. Gordon, again, not a not a primary player for me, but he's in, he's in the in the player pool as well. Over on the Denver side, you mentioned some of the injuries. Millsap yep. and Plumlee continue to be out. Murray is out. The one guy who's back in the lineup is Gary Harris. So the way I'm looking at Denver is, as I mentioned, I want to get Jokic in here for the reasons you mentioned. And he had a triple-double against Houston last time these two teams played, which was just a couple games ago. Um, Torrey Craig, 4.2. He's really taking advantage of his opportunity. He had a double-double last game, 15-10. and 10, uh, Two good games in a row. So I like him as one of my um, you know, top value plays here. Again, we only have a two-game slate, so we got to look at all these guys that are th- in the 3K to 4K range. Those are probably my two favorite nuggets. Barton, um, you know, for some reason just hasn't been excelling here last few games. Grant, I think you can consider, you know, he's a little higher than I'd like at 6.0, but his minutes should be very stable here and and predictable. Porter Jr.'s back in the mix at 6.6. That's a little higher than I'd like to spend for him. And believe it or not, I think I would rather go Grant here uh, because of the savings. Um, but Porter Jr. is still in my player pool. And then Beasley, uh, he's been an important player here to, to watch. But with Harris back in the lineup, I think his minutes will go down a little bit. So not as much interest in him. Yeah, I like your breakdown on that side of the ball. Uh, the three guys I did have written down were Nikola Drohic, Michael Porter Jr., um, and actually I had Gary Harris as well. Um, if his minutes come back off a bit here, because I think they'll want him on the floor to try and limit some of these uh, three-point attempts made. So uh, he could come out and hit value, but, I mean, he's been up and down all year, and he's just coming back from injury. So, you know, proceed of caution with that one. Um, but I do like Michael Porter Jr. in this position just because of all the people that I have ruled out. And... It seems like my coach Mike Malone wants to get him out on the floor for those, you know, 25 to 30 minutes that he was talking about before. Yeah, it's it's a little scary to talk about playing Grant over Porter Jr. because in general, I think Porter Jr. has much more of a of a higher ceiling. But, much more uh, of a point per minute guy. Yeah, but I do think on the the pricing on this two game slate, you know, the six hundred dollars is is going to be a challenge. So. It's just one of those things that you have to make a bit of a sacrifice if you want to get him in there. And and that's the other thing is my, I'm questioning whether he'll get, you know, if he's just going to stay around 24 minutes or if there's a chance he'll get more. You know, if if he was going to get more like 30 minutes, I'd be I'd be much more interested in him. Yes, I agree. If he gets to that mark, then it would be almost pretty much a plug and play, I feel like. All right. You ready for game two here on the first slate? Yep. Let's do it. It is Toronto against the Spurs in San Antonio. These two teams played earlier in January up in Toronto, and San Antonio won a close one, 105-104. No Fred Van Vliet or Marcus Gasol in that one. So now that they're back in the mix, what do you think about the Toronto side here? Yeah, on the Toronto side, I like Kyler at 7,200. Um, I like his depressed salary compared to Fred Van Fleet's at, uh, you know, Fred is at 8,400, which I feel like is a little bit high for him. Um, I know he has been playing well of late, but 
I would definitely lean more towards Lowry at this price point. Um, last time out against this team, he had a, you know, a good 49 fantasy points. And as you said, though, that was without Fred Van Fleet. So maybe his points dip a bit, but I like this price savings there. So that's where I'd be leaning towards. And then on this side of the ball, I also like pa- <coughs> Pascal Siakam. He did struggle on this uh, matchup last time, but he that was his first game back from this uh, groin injury he had. And I mean, back then you were paying 9,100 for him. In this game, you're only going to pay 7,700. So I think this is a good spot for him to come in there and uh, outperform what he did last time. The one other guy on this side of the ball that I'm looking at is Mark Gasol at 4,600. I think that's a great price tag for him. They're going to want him on the floor out there. He's great at shutting down front courts. And when he's on the floor, he's in the t- Toronto Raptors in the top fourth for uh, front court defense. So um, I think, you know, at 4,600, he should be able to get that five times value, if not more. Besides that, that's all I have on this side of the ball. Was there anybody else that you had on this side? A couple other guys in the player pool. I, I like your breakdown. I, I, I also agree. I, I like Kyle Lowry over Fred Van Vliet with those savings. And you know, OG and Anobi at 3.7, a two-game slate. I think you've got to consider him if you're putting in multiple lineups. Also, Serge Ibaka at 5.1. You know, we know he can easily get to 30 fantasy points. So um, that's about it. P- pretty much the same core of, of interest for me with uh, the Raptors. As for the Spurs, it's primarily going to be DeMar DeRozan for me. He was very strong when these two teams played earlier. Went for 25-8 and 4. He's coming off another strong game against Phoenix with you know 30 points. So he's in a bit of a groove here lately. And he's only 8.1, so a very reasonable price tag. I like him. I'm down on LaMarcus Aldridge in this matchup. He's back up to 7K. Struggled when they played earlier. So I don't plan to have much of him. And then in terms of more of the mid-tier and value plays, I think Derek White at 4.7 is worth considering. He's just been outplaying Murray and, um, you know, even getting more minutes than him um, pretty regularly. And then the the one cheaper play here that I'm looking at off the bench for San Antonio, which is always important to look at, especially in a two-game slate, is Pirtle at 3.3. Last time these two teams played, he got 20 minutes out on the court, and that's when Gasol was not playing. So with Gasol back in the starting lineup, Ibaka coming off the bench, I think there's a really good chance Pirtle will get at least 20 minutes to try and defend Ibaka and the other the other bigs for Toronto. So at 3.3, I like that value play. Yeah, I like all the calls you just made there, uh, DeMar DeRozan. Definitely was my one guy I had on that side. Um, at 8,100, I'd much rather have him than Fred Renfleet. Um, and then you're talking about uh, yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge. I also was fading him in this game just because I don't like targeting bigs going against uh, the Toronto front court. And then, yeah, Derek White has been playing really good. He's been getting more minutes of late. He seems to be the one that they're going to to close out games even. So, yeah, I like him at 4,700 as well. Okay, great. Anything else here on the opening slate? I don't think so. I think that's everything. All right. Well, like we've talked about in the past, we love it when our listeners share their victories with us. Usually we've been doing it on the showdown slate here, but because it's a two-game slate, a little bit different. So uh, definitely let us know on Twitter if you have success with this two-game slate. You can find Miles at M-Y-L-E-S 6565. 
You can find me at Language Olympic. The rest of our crew here on the DFS squad is Coach. You can find Mr. Sarvati at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And our buddy Mike is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And if you have a few seconds, give us a thumbs up, a positive review. Uh, That goes a long way with our sponsors, and we certainly appreciate it. Also, make sure you follow the news at Hoop Ball Fantasy. And as I alluded to earlier, um, as we're getting into the gaming sphere here, make sure to follow at Hoop Ball Gaming. Uh, They've had some great picks recently, so when you're over at mybookie.ag, you can take advantage of that advice. All right, Miles, let's get into the main slate, and we are going to start with the Battle of New York. Brooklyn will be traveling over to Manhattan to play the Knicks, and it's going to be, well, unless something changes, Kyrie Irving's first trip to play the Knicks since he spurned them for the Nets, and Kyrie was one of the stars here of Saturday. He had 45 points in their overtime win. Um, but before we get to that side, let's look at the the Knicks, who will be hosting Kyrie. Who do you like on that side? On the Knicks side of the ball, I like Julius Randle. He's 7,600, and he's going against a front court that we always love to target. Um, you know, I think at that price tag, he can pay it off. Uh, he's been, you know, he usually gets around that floor of at least 30 or 35 regardless. And I think in this matchup, you know, he wouldn't expect maybe for him to get more up to that 40 to 50 range, hopefully. Um, the other guy like on this side ball is Alfred Payne, uh, 5,500. He's been consistent of late, averaging 34 fantasy points a game. I had cool on him a bit before that since he had a few duds there. And then, I mean, but I still always had him in a few of my spots because, you know, Payton's one of the guys I like to go to. He's one of those guards that can do just a bit of everything. Um, and I do like him here. Uh, the <clears throat> uh, Brooklyn's uh, backcourt isn't super great for defensively or anything like that. So no reason why he can't pay off his price tag, if not guess a bit more. One other guy on this side is Marcus Morris at 5,900. Anytime I can get him at the 6,000 or below range, I uh, have interest in him. I mean, he's averaging 31 fantasy points on the year. So, I mean, his average is already giving you the 5x value there with possibility of more. Um, but besides that, that's all I have on this side. Anybody else you guys or anybody else you had noted on this side of the ball? Yeah, those are um, three guys I would look at initially. Um, and then on top of that, I'm actually looking at Portis here. Off the bench at 3.6 as one of my value plays on this main slate. He played 27 minutes um, last time out. And um, we've got on the net side, we've got DeAndre Jordan questionable uh, because he was out Saturday. So um, I think that might make life a little bit easier for Portis. Um dealing with the the backup front court for the Nets if Jordan is out again. So he's someone I'm going to look to, um, not a lock and load, but, um, you know, value play here and there. And one other reason that I also like Peyton and Morris is because a little bit of that usage is out of the starting lineup with R.J. Barrett continuing to be out. Over on the Brooklyn side, you know, we mentioned Kyrie – uh, he's he's got to be feeling good after that big performance on Saturday night. 
and it's going to be an interesting dynamic dealing with the crowd. Uh, certainly the Knicks faithful are not going to be very happy with him. Um, so with him being up at 9K, um, second night of a back-to-back, dealing with those conditions, he's not going to be one of my core players. And I actually don't plan on playing any of the Nets. Um, they've been shuffling things around a little bit. Dinwiddie going back to the bench. And in this game tonight, he had 37 minutes and only eight shots. So I just don't like uh, that situation for him because he's over 7K. One guy I might look at would be Harris. He's only 4.4. So if you need him, I think he's worth considering. And that's about it for me. Do you like any of the Nets? Yeah, your analysis there is pretty much what I had as well. Um, the only one guy I had noted here was um, Toreen Prince. I'm not actually sure how he did tonight here. I'm just going to take a quick look. Yeah, he's at 5.3. Oh, he did not play well at all. Yeah, it seems like they just kind of divvied up the minutes all over here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm probably with you. I might just be fading the entire side of the ball. Okay. Yeah, I don't blame you. Although, I mean, it's tough. You know, the Knicks are the 28th-ranked defensive team, but it's it's all about the price tag and the usage. You know, Kyrie is, is dominating the usage. So um, there you go. And here we are. We've got one of six games. So plenty of other options to come. Uh, the next place we're going to look is down in Atlanta. Game two here, another 6 o'clock tip-off. The Wizards traveling to Atlanta. And... These two teams played earlier in January. Washington had a 10-point victory, 111-101. Bradley Beal did not play in that game. Uh, We do expect him to play here tonight, though. So what are your thoughts on the Wizards? So, yeah, on the Wizards side of the ball, I like Bradley Beal at 8,200. They finally priced him up over 8,000. But, I mean, it's still way too cheap of a price tag for how he's been performing and for the type of defense he's going against. So I'll be getting some good shares of him. The other guy I like on this side of the ball is uh, Davis Bertans. He's uh, finding a stroke lately. You know, he's hit eight three-pointers over the past two games. So at 5,200, I think he can get you value. The one other guy I have listed down here is Isaiah Thomas at 3,800. He's been better over the past two games, and I mentioned him last time going against the Cleveland, and now that he's going against the Hawks, I think it's another great spot for him to be a value play. So I uh, wouldn't mind having a few shares of him. Besides that, I'm not looking at too much more on this side of the ball. Um, I mean, you can always kind of look at Jordan or uh, Jordan McRae or Ish Smith, but, you know, it's kind of a messy situation with uh, the backcourt there. They seem to kind of go up and down for their games. So I'd rather just go to Isaiah Thomas at 3,800 where it's, you know, if he doesn't do great, you know, at least he didn't blow a bit more money on him, right? Anything else for you on the side of the ball? No, you covered it. Beal is number one for me. He's going to be in in most of my lineups. Bertans would probably be next, and I, I have some interest in IT as well. I was all over him when he went back to Cleveland in that narrative, and he paid off. Now he's been priced up a little bit, but you know you mentioned the weak Atlanta backcourt defensively, so he's in my player pool as well. And one note on McCray, he did really well in this matchup the first time, but don't be deceived by that if you're looking at the game logs. Just keep in mind that Bradley Beal missed that game. And I believe in the last game, McCray only played 18 minutes. So um, he's just not getting the run that he was at you know other times earlier in the season. So um, I, I don't plan on playing him either. 
Over on the Atlanta side, we've got Trey Young at 9.5 coming off two really strong games. But he didn't fare too well against Washington the first time out. He only had 19-4 and 7. So they kind of figured him out. And at 9.5, I'm going to I'm going to fade him primarily and um, you know, spend more of my guard money on Beal like I mentioned at 8.2. Collins is in my player pool at 8.0, but it is a little bit more than I'd like to spend. Um, he he did play well in this matchup, 15 and 15. But the guy that I think I'll play the most for the Hawks is actually Teague. He's 4.2. Uh, you know, he hasn't done that much since the trade, but I think you know maybe this is the time when he pays off value going against that weak Wizards defense. They're 29th. So um, I'm hoping that uh, I invest in him here and he he breaks out finally. Yeah, I like that call. I had pretty much all the kind of same ideas you did there. I wasn't majorly too high on the two big guys there just because of their price tags. Um, And yeah, Jeff T could definitely go and hit value. He wasn't one guy I had noted, but but after you analysis there, I do agree with that. Um, one guy I did have some interest in it though is Cam Reddish. He's just, you know, he's been playing, you know, a bit better of late. I mean, he can have, you know, some pretty down games, but he can have some decent up games and he's been getting the minutes. So I might have him a bit, but I'm not going to overload on him. Yeah, I can't blame you. He, he's hit or miss. Uh, so good tournament play. I, I wouldn't advise that you play him in cash, but if you want to take a shot that he, uh, nears his ceiling, um, this this could be the night. Yeah, definitely a good GPP flyer. All right, well, let's go to game three and see if we can find any flyers in that one. It is the Clippers traveling to Orlando. And these two teams played about 10 days ago. Uh, Clippers won that one pretty easily in L.A. That was the second night of a back-to-back for Orlando. So the numbers were a little bit depressed. But let's start with that side of the ball. Now that we're looking at Orlando having home court, uh, anyone over there you want to play? Yeah, Nikola Vucevic at uh, 8,500. You know, he's been solid over the past five games, excluding his one uh, poor shooting performance against a team where we expected him to do good, which was against Golden State, surprisingly. Um, But, you know, at 8,500, I'd rather get more shares of him than I would uh, John Collins. And, I mean, the Clippers aren't anything special against uh, centers, so, you know, I think he can do well. One other guy here that I had no down just because of his price tag is Aaron Gordon at 5,700. I mean, you know, he can be hot and cold, but he still is averaging 29 fantasy points on the year. And that's, you know, it's not terrible, it's not great, but he's a guy I'd look to in this uh, matchup. I think last time out he ended up getting 29 against them as well. Um, I mean, as long as he isn't getting... Um, any kind of special defense. Like, I don't know if he will be getting Kawhi or not, but if he's not getting Kawhi, I don't see why he can't go out there and do something. One other guy I do I have here is uh, Terrence Ross, 5,200. Um, you know, that price tag isn't too bad. And with Augustine out, he's been garnering more minutes and usage. And, you know, if he's hot from three-point land, he can hit value no problem. And that's all I have on this side of the ball. Was there anybody else that you had noted? No. Um, I have no trouble with that analysis uh, but the only guy I think I'll play is Vucevic, and I agree. I'd rather pay 8.5 for him than Collins at 8.0. So, um, and in terms of Ross, I mean, I, I like Ross. I just wish he was a little bit cheaper. So, I probably won't go there. 
um, you know, dealing with the Clippers' top 10 defense. Over on the Clippers' side, uh, we've got Paul George continuing to be out. Uh, as of right now, Saturday night, Beverly is, is questionable. That's going to be one of the biggest pieces of news for me on this entire slate because with him out in that game against Miami, Shamit got 43 minutes and played well, 22-2-6, and six, and he's only 3.8. So if Beverly is out again, I'm going to fire up Landry Shamit for sure. And then, you know, the other news we got to talk about with the Clippers is Kawhi getting his first triple-double. Now he's at 10.2. Uh, he played really well against the Magic last time in only 30 minutes. He went 32-5-5. and um, But, you know, the Magic are solid. They are another top 10 defense. And with that price tag, I'm not going to have Kawhi in many of my lineups. And looking at some of these other Clippers, nobody really jumps out at me. You know, I think Harrell is an okay price tag at 6.8. I like him a little bit better than Lou Williams at 7.4. But, um, you know, not thrilled about either one. And Jermichael Green is okay at 4.1. But really, I think for most of my lineups, the only clipper I might play here is Shamit. That's exactly all I had written down was Landry Shamit. I didn't have a single other guy. Uh, and your analysis about uh, Harrell and Lou is how I feel about them as well. Okay. Well, this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> we can, I mean, you can make my lineups for me, right? I can make yours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we're halfway through this second slate, the main slate. Um, let's see if we can finish strong here. Let's go to Memphis. We've got Phoenix in town. And this is a fun matchup. We've got a over-under set at 236. Grizzlies favored by two and a half. You know, with that over-under and these two teams, you know, Phoenix is number 10 in pace. The Grizzlies are fifth in pace. You'd think that this would be an over game, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would imagine it would be an over game, and you imagine it's going to be a good fantasy uh, game overall. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised. I went back and looked at the box scores. These teams have already played three times. All three games, the total actually went under 236. The highest they got, one of the games finished at 235, but the other ones were lower. So uh, you never know. This one could uh, could get there and maybe surpass it. Um, but um, let's, let's break it down here by team. Um, why don't you start with the Grizzlies side? In terms of the news, um, last I saw, we've got Allen out, Jay Crowder doubtful. Who do you like over there? Yeah, on this side of the ball, I'm looking at uh, Jonas Valanciunas at 6,900. I mentioned him last time in this matchup, and, I mean, he went out there and absolutely, you know, crushed it. He had 52.5 fantasy points. I'm not, I don't know if he'll be doing the exact same thing again, but, I mean, he is one of those guys who can pop off for big fantasy points and, you know, just kind of limited amount of minutes because he got that in 27 minutes last time. So I do like him here. Um, he's one of the guys that will have, have my interest. The one other guy on this side of the ball, too, now is John Morant at 6,600. I like this price tag. I was avoiding him when he was priced above 7K. Now that he's come back down, he'll be in my player pool. And, I mean, he's one of those guys who can go out there and get you value, no problem, at that price tag. The other guy is uh, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., 6,400. He played well in this performance 
<clears throat> this uh, matchup last time getting 38 and a half uh, fantasy points. Um, I don't know if I'd stack uh, Valentinus and Jaron Jackson together, but um, last time they both had good games. So, I mean, it could be plausible to do it, um, but I usually don't myself. I usually choose one or the other. Besides that, I'm not looking at too much else. I mean, you can maybe take a look at uh, D'Anthony uh, Melton, but he's been priced up a bit at, uh, I think he's at 4.8 now. So besides that, I don't really have much interest on this side of the ball. Yeah, I'm with you. My, my, If I could only play one Grizzly, it would be Valanchunas. And I think in a lot of my lineups, I will only play one Grizzly or, or none. Um, I, you know, I like your analysis. Jaw is a much better price tag here. Triple J certainly in the player pool. Uh, I really like Melton. So he's in my player pool and Clark at 4.7. I think you got to consider him as well, especially if you want to stack this game. And I do think it is one of the, I'd say two, one of the two best games to stack on this main slate. We had the Wizards and Hawks. I didn't mention the total there is 240 and a half and the Hawks favored the opening line was Hawks minus one and a half. I think that's been trending towards the Wizards here. But, um, you know, I think those two are the best games on paper you'd want to stack. So if we stack the Suns and Grizzlies, then I'd get a couple of those guys I just mentioned. Otherwise, primarily just Valanchunas for me. But um, I got a guy on the other side I, I will play in probably. 80% 80% of my lineups, and that is Mr. Booker. He's at 8.1. Three of his last four games, he's been over 52 fantasy points. Last game against Memphis, he had 51 fantasy points, including 40 real points. So he's one of the pillars of my lineups here on Sunday. And as I often do, I, I look to Bridges as a value play. He's 39 he had 31 minutes the last time these two teams played, and Cameron Johnson is going to be out again. So I think the minutes are going to be solidified for Bridges. The other news is that Baines is still out. So I think you can look at Aiton at 7.5. And, you know, I, I like the prices for these other guys too. Ubre 6.3. He finally had a good game again in their last game. And then Sarge at 4.1 is too cheap. So, again, if you stack this game – um, I think it's pretty easy to get four or five guys here and still have a, a fair amount of money to fill out the lineup with guys from other games. Yeah, I like your analysis on that side. You hit on every single player that I had written down. Um, yeah, just one note on Kelly Oubre. It's weird. He had a good game, and then they priced him down. He had all those other games <laughs> where he was priced up, wasn't even doing that great, and then he had a good game. Like, okay, now we got to put him down lower. I, I just I don't get that. But, I mean, I'll take it. I like that price tag on them. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll take it where we can get it. All right. Moving on to the next one. Yep. We got two games left. One more game at 6 o'clock. And it is uh, It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be on national television. It's the Celtics against the Pelicans. So we'll get game three of Zion. And in terms of the news for the Pelicans – I don't have anything written down in terms of injuries. Um, what, what are your thoughts on on the Pelicans? So, yeah, the only one injury I think I had of note was on Drew Holiday. He's questionable with left uh, knee soreness, but they put him up a probable along with that. So he'll most likely play 
Um, on this side of the ball, I like Lonzo Ball. 6700 uh, a bit cheaper price tag than uh, Holiday. And I'm thinking that Ball will get Walker defense, and I think that uh, Holiday will probably get uh, Marcus Smart. So I'd rather have Ball getting the Walker defense than going with Drew, who's going to get Marcus Smart. But Marcus Smart is also listed as questionable, but they put him with a probable tag too. Um, and then I like Derek Favors, 5,400. Um, while Zion is still on his minutes cap uh, at this price tag, I like him. Um, you know, he's going to be going against a Celtics team that's only down to one center left. So, you know, if he's going against some of the uh, guys coming off the bench, you know, I don't see why he can't go down there and bully them around. And I don't have Zion really written down just because at 6,200, I'm still worried about his minutes cap there. Um, I mean, if we were to hear that he's going to be up to maybe 25, then I might have some interest in him. But until we know that his minutes are coming up a bit, I still don't want to play him yet unless he was, you know, quite a bit lower than 6,200. But he's at 6,200. The value plays on this side of the ball that I'm interested in are Josh Hart at 3,900. Um, he's still receiving in the mid-20s because of that Zion cap. And it seems like he's been playing better coming off the bench than he was actually in the starting lineup. So I have some interest in him there. And then the one other guy I have kind of written down here is J.J. Redick at 3500 I mean, that's a very low price tag for him. But I still like Hart more just because uh, J.J. is just so reliant on three-point shooting. So if he's not hitting those three-pointers, he's not doing much. Uh, what about you? What do you got on this side of the ball? Well, well said. I like your breakdown of those matchups. Uh, and it makes sense. And I, I do think, I mean, I'm breaking this game down, expecting that Smart will play and that he will start. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But Tatum and Brown missed the last game, and they're they're listed as questionable. So, um, you know, this could change a lot um, if, if the starting lineup changes. But uh, I wrote down Zion's name, even though I don't plan to play him just because I love the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'd feel funny if I didn't, you know, have his name down there as I look at the, the Celtics-Pelicans matchup. At least mention his name, essentially, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, you just you just have to do it. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, at 6.2, I, I don't think I'll play him. I do prefer favors at 5.4, even though his minutes haven't been, you know, through the roof lately, I, I think you can consider him. And I wrote I wrote down the same two value plays, Hart and Redick. I personally like Redick a little bit better just because the, the price tag you mentioned, it's so low. And, you know, we're, we're playing tournaments here. So um, I'll take the risk on him that he'll he'll shoot it well. He, you know, he um, I'm just surprised that because of the performances he's had recently that he is priced this low. So. Um, I like him as a value play. I also like Hart at 3.9. So I'm um, sort of looking at the same guys you are. I, I'm not going to play that many Pelicans, I don't think. But, you know, in terms of the analysis, I'm with you. Over on the Celtics side, I, I really do think this is news dependent. You know, Tatum and Brown, either one of them, their presence really changes the, the usage distribution. And we also have Cantor out. So like you said, the Celtics are down to Tice as their primary center. He's 5.5, so I'll have some shares of him. And I, I think I like him a little bit better than Favors just because I think he'll get a few more minutes. Um, but I, I like by both of their prices. And then I'll, I'll take a look at Hayward at 7.3. Um, 
you know, I think he will avoid Drew Holiday defense if if Drew plays. Um, so, you know, he's in my player pool. But as much interest as I have in this game, and I and I plan to watch it, um, I don't think I'll play that many players on my primary lineups. Yeah, and the yeah the Boston side is so news dependent for me. That's why I'm the only guy I have written down is Tice at five thousand five hundred. Yeah, like you said, he's going to be getting his minutes no matter what because he's the only center. So he's the one play I had written down. Otherwise, I'd be monitoring the news to find out if I want to even play any of the other guys. Okay. Yeah. One other note I want to make is that these two when these two teams played in January, Boston blew them out one forty to one hundred five, but the Pelicans didn't have Zion. Favors, Redick, or Drew Holiday. So you can kind of throw that out the window. And, you know, again, circling back to your description of the potential matchups in the backcourt, I think that's what you have to do. You just have to kind of picture it and figure out, you know, last minute who's going to be in, who's starting. And even though we've been talking for a bit here about this main slate, again, this is the final six o'clock tip off. So we'll have the news before the slate gets underway. Yep. All right. Moving on to the next one. Okay, last but not least, it's up in the Pacific Northwest, Pacers against Portland. This is the first time these two teams have played this season. Big news in this one is that Brogdon is out for the Pacers, and looks like C.J. McCollum is going to be back in for the Trailblazers. Miles, who do you like for Portland? So on the Portland side of the ball, I'm looking at a stack here. Um, I was using the stack before C.J. McCollum went down, actually. So in the last three games before he went down with his injury, he had 36, 42, and 40. And then the guy I'm going to stack him with is Carmelo Anthony uh, at 6,300. In those last three games before uh, McCollum was out, he had 36, 38, and 36. So uh, during that period there, I was stacking them together, and they were doing well. Of course, uh, I got hurt the game when uh, McCollum went down because I had them both stacked in that game. But, you know, as long as McCollum comes out and he's, you know, not too limited by that uh, ankle sprain he had, um, you know, I think they can go and do pretty good here. Uh, with, you know, with Brogdon being out, it's uh, a little bit better of a matchup, I feel like. And they're <clears throat> it's just the two guys I like there. They're at a cheaper price tag and. I don't know if everybody will be putting those two together. I think that uh, there might be some under-ownage on McCollum just because he is coming back from that injury. Then, I mean, the thing is, like, I can't say you can't play Damian Lillard. Um, I mean, he's been unreal over the last games here. Um, he's priced up to 10400 now, though, so he's finally made over that 10K mark. I mean, it's well-deserved, though. Um, I don't know if I'll get to him a bunch just because of that price tag, but, you know, he's definitely still in play. And then the other guy here is Hassan Whiteside. They're going to need his size going against the big uh, Indiana front court. But, I mean, it is a tough front court to go against, so I still don't know how much uh, Whiteside I will be getting into my lineups. Um, what about you? What do you got on this side of the ball? Well, I'm, I'm glad that you have those thoughts on the Blazers because I, I wasn't planning to play the Blazers much, but I'm glad we could provide a couple different viewpoints to the listeners here because – you know, even though I'm not planning to play many Blazers or that stack, you know, I think it's it's a good one to consider because what you're doing is you're taking a real gamble on C.J. McCollum coming back from injury, hoping he's low owned. And then, you know, Carmelo, uh, you know, with C.J. back in the mix. Now we've got Ariza there who's off to a good start. 
again, I don't I don't think he's going to be very highly owned. So you're really taking a flyer there. But if you put a bunch of lineups in there with those guys and they hit, then, you know, that could be the difference maker. So, um, you know, I hope it works out for you. Um, yes, a good pivot is what I'm uh, hoping for. Right, right. Um, and that's what I would do also if I were you. You know, if I'm going to go and, and get a creative two-man stack like that that's going to be low-owned and I'm going to make 10 lineups, then however many I'm going to make with that combo, like let's say it's eight lineups out of 10, then I definitely want to make sure I put in two lineups where I pivot. So, for example, I think for Carmelo, I would pivot to Marcus Morris at 5.9. And or what about uh, Kelly Oubre even? Or, or Oubre, yeah. yep. Um, and then for McCollum at 6.8, uh, let's see here. I hadn't looked at that yet, but I would take a look and see the other guards in that price range. I mean, you already mentioned that you like Lonzo Ball at 6.7 yeah. and John Moran at 6.6, 6. mm-hmm. um, not to mention Rubio at 6.5. So you might want to consider making a lineup or two where you, where you switch out those two players. I, I'm sure I will too. I might even just do like a 50% like this and 50% like something else. Um, okay. But yeah, I will probably be stacking these guys. I'm thinking with those uh, Atlanta, Washington, and uh, Memphis and Phoenix kind of games. I'm thinking. Nice, nice. Yeah, I like where you're going with that. And you know, you, you mentioned Lillard, and and it's just amazing. I mean, I got I've gotten to watch a good amount of those last couple games, and he's just been phenomenal. So fun to watch, just pulling up from 30 feet like it's like it's a mid-range jumper, and just so much confidence. So that'll be interesting to see how things change with McCollum back in the lineup. You've got to figure his usage will go down a little bit, and because the price tag is 10.4, I don't plan to play him as much as I have been as I have been recently. Uh, let's let's look at the Pacers side. With Brogdon out, you know, the natural pivot here is to McConnell. He's slowly getting priced up here, and now he's 5.0. I'm going to keep playing him because the last two games he's averaged about 35 fantasy points. So he's taking advantage of his opportunity. Um, Portland backcourt is not strong defensively. So I I like McConnell here. Uh, TJ Warren's been taking advantage of the increase in usage, too. He ended up scoring 25 against Phoenix. He scored 33 against Golden State, so he was over 40 fantasy points. So I like Warren here as a mid-tier play. And Sabonis, uh, 8.7. Probably won't get to him too much. I think I like Vucevic a little bit better at 8.5. And Lamb, I think you could have in your pool at 4.4. Seems to be getting back on track here. Again, he, he takes advantage of Brogdon being out. What are your thoughts on the Pacers? Yeah, I like your breakdown there. Uh, TJ McConnell is one of my guys, and uh, yeah, I like him because he can just do a bit of everything. He's one of those kind of guards. TJ Warren was the number one guy I had written down for 6,000 there. Um, I mean, since Brogdon's been out, he stepped up as a scorer. Um, in the first game with Brogdon out, he took 18 shots, and then in that last game, he took 23. So he's really... Uh, getting uh, his usage up there, and he shoots the ball at a good clip. He's shooting 51% on the year, and he's a 50% for his career. So uh, if he's getting the shots, he's usually going to make at least half of them. So that's a pretty good deal at 6000 
And then, yeah, if Brog did, or with uh, Sabonis, I wasn't sure how much I'd get to him either. And then your other guy talking about was Jeremy Lamb. I've actually been going to more of the Doug McDermott and uh, Justin Holiday. I actually went to Doug uh, McDermott a bunch the last game out, and he uh, did pretty good there. I think he ended up with around 32 fantasy points or something like that. Yeah, I think he had 24 actual points. Yeah, and so he did pretty good. Shooting it well from distance. I don't think he'll shoot the same he did last time because I think he was like <laughs> nine for eleven. But I, I did he get priced up since last game? Uh, good question. I need to look at that. McDermott is at three point six, so he's oh, still a good value. Same price. All right. So yeah, he be might be one of the guys I'm looking at as a value play. Okay. Awesome. Well, that wraps up the slate. Uh, I do want to encourage everybody one more time to participate in that contest with mybookie.ag. And our thanks go to Dan Bespris back at HoopBall sort of coordinating this opportunity. I mean, it's really terrific. Think about it. You deposit $200, mybookie.ag is going to match you up to 100 So you've got free money right there. It's already a 50% return. I mean, if you're into gaming, that's – that's a pretty good stat right there. You start you start off with a 50% return, and you get a chance to win another 200 from HoopBall um, if you follow this procedure here. And just make sure you do it before Tuesday. Uh, it's Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific. So uh, do this Sunday or Monday to make sure you're, you're in in time. Deposit over at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code today. Send the screenshot to us at Hoopball Gaming, and then we'll find out uh, later on Tuesday or Wednesday who, who um, you know, which one of the listeners is going to take that prize. So uh, please do that. Um, please check out Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Uh, just you can get their coffee on Amazon. That's how I do it. And it's delicious, so we want to thank our sponsors one more time. Uh, Miles, any more thoughts here? Any final thoughts on the Sunday slate? uh not too much but yeah just go uh give us a rate and review especially on itunes there if you can give us that five star that helps us a bunch we appreciate that and uh you know leave a comment um we like to see those things and uh, it helps us a bunch uh keeps us in front of that paywall um so yeah go do that and that'd be great excellent well miles i had a blast with you again today uh look forward to next sunday and in the meantime uh everyone uh please check us out on monday the coach will be back, I believe, with Mr. Apatria for the Monday slate. And that'll do it for Sunday. Thank you again for joining us here on Hoopball NBA DFS Today. Good luck, guys, and have fun. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.